Chapter Four of What Shall We Do by Leo Tolstoy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four. By my request, I was appointed to make the census of the section of Komovnicheski Police District near the Smolensky Market in the Protochny Lane between the Shore Drive and Nikolsky Lane. In this district are the houses known under the name of Hrzanov House or Hrzanov Fortress. In bygone times these houses belonged to the merchant Hrzanov, and are now the property of the merchant Zeman. I had long before heard that this was considered the lowest circle of poverty and vice, which was the reason why I asked the officers of the census to assign this district to me. My desire was gratified. Having received the appointment from the town council, I went alone, a few days before the census, to inspect my district. With the help of a plan, I soon found the Hrzanov houses. Approached by a street which terminated on the left-hand side of Nikolsky Lane, a gloomy building without any apparent entrance. From the aspect of this house I guessed it was the one I was in search of. Descending the street I came across some boys, from ten to fourteen years old, in short coats, who were sliding down the frozen gutter, some on their feet, others upon a single skate. The boys were ragged and, like all town boys, sharp and bold. I stopped to look at them. An old woman in torn clothes with hanging yellow cheeks came round the corner. She was going uphill to Smolensky Market, gasping painfully at every step, like a horse out of wind, and when abreast of me stopped with hoarse, choking breath. In any other place this old woman would have asked alms, but here she only began to talk. "'Just look at them,' she said, pointing to the sliding boys. "'Always at mischief!' They will become the same Hrzanov good-for-nothings as their fathers. One boy, in an overcoat and cap without a peak, overhearing her words, stopped. You shut up, he shouted. You're only an old Hrzanov goat yourself. I asked the boy if he lived here. Yes, and so does she. She stole some boots, he called out, and, pushing himself off, slid on. During the squabble, an old white-haired man, all in rags, came down the middle of the street, brandishing his arms and carrying in one hand a bundle of small rusk rings. He seemed to have just fortified himself with a glass of liquor. He had evidently heard the old woman's abuse and took her side. "'I'll give it you, you little devils!' he shouted, pretending to rush after them. And, passing behind me, he stepped on the pavement. "'If you saw this old man in the Artat, a fashionable street, you would be struck with his air of decrepitude, feebleness, and poverty.' Here he appeared as a merry workman returning from his day's labor. I followed him. He turned round the corner to the left into Protochny, an alley, past the front of the house and the gate, and disappeared through the door of an inn. Into this alley opened the doors of the latter, a public house, and several small eating houses. It was the Ranov houses. Everything was gray, dirty, and foul-smelling, buildings, lodgings, courts, and people. Most of those I met here were in tattered clothes, half-naked. Some were passing along, others were running from one door to another, two were bargaining about some rags. I went round the whole building, down another lane and a court, and, having returned, stopped at the archway of the Hrzanov houses. I wanted to go in and see what was going on inside, but the idea made me feel painfully awkward. If they asked me what I had come for, what should I say? However, after a little hesitation, I went in. The moment I entered the court, I was conscious of a most revolting stench. 
The court was dreadfully dirty. I turned round the corner, and at the same instant heard steps running along the boards of the gallery and down the stairs. First, a gaunt-looking woman, with tucked-up sleeves, a faded pink dress, and shoes on her stockingless feet, rushed out. After her, a rough-haired man in a red shirt, and extremely wide trousers like a petticoat, and galoshes on his feet. The man caught her under the stairs. "'You shan't escape me,' he said, laughing. "'Just listen to the squint-eyed devil,' began the woman, who was evidently not averse to his attentions. But having caught sight of me, she exclaimed angrily, "'Who are you looking for?' As I did not want anyone in particular, I felt somewhat confused and went away. This little incident, though by no means remarkable in itself, suddenly showed me the work I was about to undertake in an entirely new light, especially after what I had seen on the other side of the courtyard, the scolding woman, the light-hearted old man, and the sliding boys. I had meditated doing good to these people by the help of the rich men of Moscow, I now realized for the first time that all these poor unfortunates, whom I had been wishing to help, had, besides the time they spent suffering from cold and hunger and waiting to get a lodging, several hours daily to get through, and that they must somehow fill up the rest of the twenty-four hours of every day, a whole life of which I had never thought before. I realized now, for the first time, that all these people, besides the mere effort to find food and shelter from the cold, must live through the rest of every day of their life as other people have to do, must get angry at times, and be dull, and try to appear light-hearted, and be sad or merry. Now, for the first time, however strange the confession may sound, I was fully aware that the task which I was undertaking could not simply consist in feeding and clothing a thousand people, just as one might feed a thousand head of sheep and drive them into shelter, but must develop some more essential help. When I considered that each one of these individuals was just another man like myself, possessing also a past history, with the same passions, temptations, and errors, the same thoughts, the same questions to be answered, then suddenly the work before me appeared stupendous, and I felt my own utter helplessness. But it had begun, and I was resolved to go on. End of chapter 4